Romans chapter 3. What an incredible chapter. We're going to go from one extreme to the other here. One extreme to the other. Romans chapter 3. Let's go ahead and have a word of prayer, and then we'll dive right into the passage. Father, thank you so much for all you do for us. Thank you for this wonderful privilege to study your word. Father, I do not take it lightly, and I hope these folks in front uh, of me do not as well. Father, I pray that this would be a serious time, but also an exciting time of how powerful, how amazing your word is, and how truly amazing you are. Father, there's so much truth here, and I wish we had hours upon hours to spend here. But Father, I pray that just in this short time, you would give us something that we can use today, and that it would change our lives forever. We love you. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I actually want to take the time to just read the rest of this chapter today. Um, it, it, it can't not tie. No, that's a double negative, right? But it does exactly tie in the whole thing. And, but there's just so much packed in, I can't finish it all tonight. And so we'll, we'll break it down, but you need to see the whole thing and how things tie together. So hopefully you'll be able to just follow along and pay attention just a little bit. So stay awake with me if you would. Verse 21, we finished verse 20 last week. Um, so verse 21, the Bible says this, But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Verse 24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. There's so much in that verse. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Praise the Lord. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and uncircumcision through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid. Yea, we establish the law. Man, there is so much in here, and it all ties and goes together, and we're going to bounce around a little bit tonight. But I want to start in verse 21. Again, the Bible says, But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law, and the prophet. So let's just take a little bit of time. You're going to have to stay awake with me in this first portion because we're going to turn our Bibles a bunch, okay? So Romans chapter 3 and verse 21, I want you to notice just first of all, just getting started, I want you to notice this word now and here manifested. Okay, so now it is being manifested. Now it's being revealed. Okay, so at this point in time, it's being revealed. 
Okay, so I want you to pay attention to that because that's extremely important. This is important because for the past several thousand years, the law was the thing that, that the Jews lived by. And at this point in, in the history of, of the world, this particular point is being manifested. So we've seen the dispensation of the law, and we're going to talk a whole lot more about this, okay? We've seen the dispensation of the law, and now we've seen this new dispensation, the dispensation of grace, and it's being manifested or being revealed now, okay? But I want to draw your attention back to Romans chapter 1. Look at verse 17. Look at verse 17. The Bible says, for therein. What is therein? Let's do a little bit of Bible study together tonight, okay? You guys tell me what therein is. What are we going to? What is this referring to? The gospel. How do you know that, Paul? Excellent. Anytime you see a therein or a therefore or a wherefore, you're going to go back. And to see what is there for, okay? So verse 16, excellent. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Verse 17, for therein, in the gospel, watch, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So in the gospel is revealed. The gospel reveals. Now it is being revealed. But I ask the question, what is being revealed? What is being revealed? Notice verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is being revealed, is manifest. So I want you to notice, this is the righteousness. Whose righteousness is it? Okay, don't miss that. We're going to talk a lot about this, okay? It's the righteousness of God. It's not our righteousness that's being revealed. It's God's righteousness who's being revealed. Righteousness. Let's take some, look, let's take some time and study the word righteousness. It's like 700 times in the Bible, righteous or righteousness is revealed, okay? So we're not going to look at all 700 of them. Okay, that would take us for a long time. But let's look at a few. Okay, so go to Matthew chapter 6. If you're in a small group, you'll probably hit this one this week. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. The Bible says this. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and... His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Notice it doesn't say righteousness. It says to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. We're supposed to be seeking the righteousness of God. Extremely important. Let's move on. Galatians chapter 2. If you want to have some fun differentiating the law and grace, go to the book of Galatians. It's a lot of fun there, okay? Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. 
Very famous verse. The Bible says this, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Powerful verse, verse 21. I do not frustrate the grace of God. Watch this. For if righteousness come by the law, watch, then Christ is dead in vain. You know what Paul's trying to say? Listen, if I can gain righteousness by any other way, if I can earn it, if I can work for it, if I can gain righteousness outside of Jesus Christ, then Jesus Christ died in vain. The reality is I can't. I do not frustrate the grace of God. Righteousness does not come by any other way but through Jesus Christ. We're not done yet. Go to Philippians chapter 3. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians chapter 3. Look with me in verse 7. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 7. The Bible says, but what things were gained to me, those I counted as loss. Counted loss for Christ, verse 8, yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss. Why? For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in him. Watch this. Not having mine own own righteousness. How do you get your own righteousness? He says, which is of the law. But that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. And it continues. It's just some key points. Listen, the law was given for you to try to gain your own righteousness. Go ahead. Try it. If you fulfill all the law, you will have righteousness, but we know that it, you can't do it. It's impossible. So you can work as hard as you want. You can gain as much uh, uh, goodness on the outside as you want, but you will never gain the righteousness that you need before Almighty God, which then takes us back to Isaiah chapter 64. And we've used this passage many times here in Romans, but Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 6. Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 6. The Bible says this, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf in our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. So he's, he's getting back to saying, listen, as much as you want, as righteous as you think you are, as good as you think you are, it is nothing. It is filthy rags. You can try to keep the law all you want, which makes, makes the study on Jesus and the Pharisees that much more funny to me. Because it's like they missed Isaiah 64. It's like they missed Isaiah 53. It's like, have ye not read? And so the Pharisees should have known that, listen, I can make the outside of the cup look really clean. But that's not the point. And there's nothing that I can do to fulfill my own righteousness. 
And listen, folks, this is such an important point because so often we think that we are something special. We do. And I think sometimes the longer that we're saved, the more special we think we are. I've been saved for X amount of years. So often we think that we are something to write home about or we're the next best thing to slice bread, whatever uh, thing you want to put in there. And what happens is we can easily allow pride to rise up in our lives and to think that we deserve something for all the wonderful things that we have done for the glory of God. Am I, am I the only one in that boat? Man, I, I've, I've been at Bible Baptist Church for 12 years. That ought to be worth something. I've been saved for almost 30 years. That ought to be worth something. I've, I've never drank, I've never smoked, I've never done any of these things. I've never gone with girls who do, or however that phrase goes. I don't do those things. But listen, it doesn't matter how good of a boy I am, I still need Jesus Christ. It's not my righteousness, it's His righteousness. So, It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter how wonderful of things we've done. We have all absolutely gone out of the way. We are all together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Can't happen. Okay, so if you're not feeling bad already, let's put another on top of that. On top of that, watch, look at verse 21 here. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. Okay, so hold on. On top of that, we need God's righteousness given to us. We need it revealed to us. We are so weak and we are so beggarly that we can't even figure it out for ourselves. We can't even figure out that God's righteousness is there for us to tap into. We have to have it revealed to us. We have to have it given to us. In another passage here in Romans chapter 4, we'll see that it was imputed. We we can do nothing. We want to find it, but God has to manifest it to us. We have to have a massive event in history. We have had to have God come down to earth in human form. We had to see him perform amazing miracles and raise people from the dead. We needed him to rise from the dead just to reveal God's righteousness to mankind. Now, all of those things, details are important and they're there for a reason. But do you realize that and still people don't get it? And still people watching it didn't get it. Like, how thick in the skull are we? Humankind, and we, we, we look at Israel and we think, man, you guys are a bunch of idiots. What's wrong with you guys? You should know this stuff. And we sit here with the complete word of God, and we have no idea. We think that we are something special and that we have our righteousness, and, and I can do works, and I can do good things. I can pay enough money. Man, I tithe. I make a good living and I tithe on that and so that's got to be worth something better. And Jesus says, no. 
You can throw bags upon bags of money into the storehouse of the temple, but this little widow who gives two mites is better than you, basically. She has more faith. Man, we have so things so twisted, don't we? We do this comparison act, and the righteousness we need to realize is not our righteousness. It's the righteousness of God. So it is not our righteousness, it is the righteousness of God. But notice, Romans chapter 3 is very specific. It's not only the righteousness of God, but it is the righteousness of God without the law. Outside of the law. Now this also is important. You say, why is this important? Watch. The law was all based on works. So let's, let's be honest. There were parts of the law that you could keep. You could. Now, you couldn't keep them all. It was virtually impossible. But there were parts that you could. And let, listen, there's probably parts that I could keep that probably you couldn't keep. And obviously, we know the Pharisees, there were parts of the law that they were keeping that the disciples weren't keeping. We know that. So the law was based on what was done. What are you doing? And the law produced a sense of worthlessness that we could never account for. This righteousness of God is now being manifest without the law. You don't need the law anymore. Listen, I'm just going to be honest with you. I am so thankful for that. I am so thankful that I don't need the law because the Bible tells me that if I ever talk back to my mother and father, guess what? The law tells me I'm, a, I'm stoned. Do you know how many times I should be stoned? A lot. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm extremely thankful without, for those three words, without the law. I'm extremely thankful for them today. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I had a bad attitude today. I'm not going to tell you why. I had a bad attitude today. Listen, I need to go sacrifice now. I need to go get my lamb. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not a very rich man, so the lambs would run out pretty quick with this guy. Listen, the righteousness of God is without the law. It is now being manifest. We don't need the law anymore. Let's go back to Galatians. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. I did a bit of a study on Galatians. I probably should have recorded them all for you all to go back through and you could listen to them. But Galatians chapter 3 and verse 21. <laughs> the Bible says, Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the Scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law. Shut up, 
unto the faith which should after be words be revealed. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, to, to show us our need, to show us that we couldn't do it on our own, that we might be justified by faith. Verse 25, but after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. Look at verse 21 again, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. Now it's revealed. Now it's shown. So now that faith has come, we are no longer under the schoolmaster. Righteousness can now be received without the law. Wow. I'm so thankful that we don't live under the law. I am so thankful that we don't live under the law. I am so thankful that we live under grace. Grace. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. You're not too far away. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. The Bible says this, For by grace... Are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves? Notice, it is the gift of God. It doesn't stop there. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Listen, if I'm being honest, I, I have been a pretty good boy. Oh, I had my run-ins with my mom, and I talked back to the teacher here and there. But let's be honest. Was, <laughs> we were talking the other day. I've never snuck out the back window. I've never, I've ne I don't think I ever missed curfew. And I don't say that to brag on myself. That's, that's my personality. Yeah, I, I, I would do some things wrong, but not so brazen just to miss curfew or something like that. I was a little bit more sneaky than that. But for the most part, I'm just going to be honest, I was a good kid. I ran my mouth a lot, but I wanted to obey my parents. I respected my parents. So if we're, if we're looking at works, man, I'm looking at some of you and I got you all beat. And let's be honest, there's lots of people that have me beat. Lots of them who've lived such a moral, upright life. They're, they're, they're spending time with God, all these different things. But listen, it is not... It does not have anything to do with that. We are all under sin. We, are, we cannot gain righteousness of ourselves. It is without the law. Righteousness cannot be done by works, lest any man should boast. Again, I'm so thankful for that. But we're not done yet. We see here now that it's being witnessed by, notice, the law and the prophets. What's being witnessed? Right here, this goes to the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God was witnessed by the law and the prophets. <sighs> How do all these things tie? If, if the law is being pushed aside and we're no longer under the schoolmaster, we're now under the age of grace, we're, we're living in this wonderful time period of, of, of we can't have righteousness of our own. It's not about what we do, it's about what's already been done. 
what does this mean? What is everything being witnessed by the law and the prophets? Well, I want you to understand that every piece of the Bible pointed to Christ from the very beginning. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 points us to Christ. Let's, let's turn over there. We'll go over there. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. Shortly after creation, the first sin happens. Genesis chapter 3, all the judgments coming down. Look at verse 15. And I and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Again, study your Bible just a little bit. You know that that's a foreshadowing of, of Jesus Christ. That was a prophecy. Jesus Christ is going to bruise the head of Satan. And Satan's going to think he nipped at his heels a little bit by putting him on the cross and burying him for three days. But oh boy, when that grave pops open, the head of Satan is crushed. And listen, Jesus isn't done with him yet. Someday he's going to cast Satan into the lake of fire to be there forever. He's not done with him yet. Listen, everything points to it. The sacrifices, the sacrificial lamb. How about this? Abraham sacrificing his own son. You can't tell me that's not, that's not a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ. Pointed to him. Noah and the flood. Sin, I've got a, something that will save you. Foreshadowing of Jesus Christ. The Passover lamb. If I see the blood, I will pass. I will pass over you. Listen, that's a foreshadowing. How about just the exodus? I have a land that I'm going to show you. It's a foreshadowing. All these plagues, all these things going on, the, the, the Passover, Exodus leaving, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, Genesis chapter 49, a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ, the whole chapter of Isaiah chapter 53, a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ, Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, there's coming a Savior there's all kinds of different passages. You can, there are hundreds of them point to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is all through the Bible. And listen, they are witnessed by the law and the prophets. You know what I find interesting? When Jesus came, you know, Jesus was God, right? Jesus had all authority in heaven and in earth. He could call 10,000 angels at any time. He was the one who spoke the world into existence. And yet, what did he do? He used the word of God to tell about his coming. He went back and said, you know what Moses has said. You know what the prophets have said. He constantly goes back. Why? Because it's all the way through. They witnessed of it. They knew that something was coming. They knew that it would be Bethlehem of Ephrata. They witnessed it. They all bear witness of the righteousness of God without the law. There's coming a day where you don't need the law. And guess what? Still people missed it. The disciples said, wilt thou now uh, restore thy kingdom unto Israel? Uh, nope. <laughs> you kind of missed that boat. 
came here for a different reason. And obviously, if you, know, if you know your Bible a little bit, Jesus could have restored the kingdom to Israel right then and there. I believe that they would have believed on him as the Messiah, he would have. But then the Gentiles wouldn't have been in. God, God knows exactly what he's doing. We're going to get into so much here. Now, so verse 21, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Let's look at verse 22. The Bible says, even the righteousness of God, just again, hitting that home, how is it given? Which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. I want just again to draw your attention to the righteousness of God. But the next thing that I want you to see is how it comes by faith and by believing. Those through things tie. Okay, faith, believing, faith, believing. But notice that it's the faith in Jesus Christ. It's the faith in Jesus Christ. The righteousness of God is without the law and is now by the faith of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, what's the next word? Believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Can you imagine, put yourself in that situation, how that must have rocked the world of the Jewish people. You mean by this man, by this carpenter from Nazareth, this man we're supposed to receive, we're supposed to believe in him? He's talking to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. That probably rocked his world. But guess what? That's exactly how we, need, how we receive Christ, is by believing. It is to all people. It is to specific people. It's to me, John Yeomans. I was reminded this week that John chapter 3, verse 16, you can put your name in there. For God so loved John Yeomans. That if I would just believe. Powerful. It's all based on belief. Let's burn through uh, several passages of Scripture. I put these ones up for you. John chapter 1 verse 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Belief. Acts chapter 16 and verse 31. And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Belief. Who are we believing in? We're not believing in Mary. We're not believing in my works. We're not believing in a church. We're not believing in sitting in the pew. We're not believing in anything. We're not even believing in God as a whole. It says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou shalt be saved in thy house. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. This one might be a little bit harder for you to read. But that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth who? The Lord Jesus. And shalt believe in thine heart that what? God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. (sighs) Belief. 
Not in someone else, but they believe in Jesus. But not only in Jesus, but that God raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Saved from what? Saved from your sin, your despicable, wicked, vile sin. Let's continue. 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 14. For if we believe, what? Believe that Jesus died and rose again. Even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Man, it doesn't matter if we die on this earth. It doesn't matter if we go to sleep. There's someday we're going to be woken up. And we're out of here. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. Let's continue. First Timothy 1 and verse 16. How be it for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe. Believe on him to life everlasting. Belief, 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 belief. So no longer it is, is it in doing, it's in believing. No longer is it in doing, it's in believing. Powerful. Now let's look at Romans chapter 3 and verse 28. Romans chapter 3 and verse 28. The Bible says, therefore, we conclude. All said and done. Man is justified by faith. Oh, but he doesn't stop there. Without the deeds of the law. It's done. The last thing I'm going to say, and he, he says a whole lot more after this. Here's the main point. We conclude that man receives God's righteousness, is justified by faith. Nothing you can do without the deeds of the law. It is all done from faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You ever struggle to put substance and evidence together on something that you've never seen? I do. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, every week I get up here and I try to put substance and evidence together for you people to prove to you. But listen, why do you think God gave us his word? Why do you think God gave us his, his creation? Because they all, why do you think God gave us a conscience? Why? Because they all point to Jesus Christ. And yeah, it's, we haven't seen it. It's going to take some faith. But if you are, are working your way toward that, God will reveal himself unto you. He will begin to show you exactly what you, you need to see in order to believe. But lo I love this. I love this. What, therefore, we conclude that man, all men, all are justified by faith. You know what faith is? Faith is an equalizer. I want you to think about that. Does it take any special ability to have faith? Listen, sometimes it takes a special ability to do some of the deeds of the law. Faith is an equalizer. You know, there, there may be some people that are more trusting than others, but faith is an equalizer. 
It does not take any special abilities to have faith in Jesus Christ. It doesn't take any fancy clothes. It doesn't take a great deal of money. It just takes a childlike, innocent faith. Faith is an equalizer. Oh, but take a look at Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. We jumped a little bit, but look at verse 23. For all, I love this word, all have sinned. And guess what? We've come short of the glory of God. All. You know what? Just like faith, sin is an equalizer. All have sinned. So there's not a person on earth that has not sinned. Sin's an equalizer. So you know what? Because we've all sinned, we all need something that we can all use, get to, receive, and that's done by faith. Faith is an equalizer. Romans chapter 3 shows us all have sinned, no matter how hard we try, no matter what we try to do, every time we jump, we fall short. My favorite illustration of that is just a chasm. I've used this before in church. There's a chasm that lies in front of us, and no matter what we do, we're over there, that's heaven. It's bright, it's beautiful. You can see all kinds of spectacular things. Over here, it is dark, gloomy, and there is nothing. It's, it's just nothingness. And we want to get to that side, right? All the fun's happening over there. I'm going to run and jump. Guess what's going to happen every time? I'm going to fall short. There's no rocks over here that I can throw into the chasm to fill it up so I can walk across. No, no rocks. There's no trees that I can cut down to build a bridge. There's no ropes I can use to swing across. There is nothing over here. I can't even build a, a chain of monkeys. There's nothing. I can't see anybody else. I can't do anything else. I am here in the darkness all by myself. I'm dead in my trespasses and sins. There's nothing that I can do to get to that side. But that's when God says, I have all the resources. And I got the only resource that matters, and that's Jesus Christ. And he built the bridge of Jesus Christ over to this side. And guess what we have to do? Just walk across. You have to put your faith and trust in the bridge. We had the privilege of going to Mackinac uh, this last summer. And again, I, I've used this illustration. My mom hates the Mackinac Bridge. There's these, there's this section, the middle two sections of the bridge. It's a four-lane bridge. The middle two sections are this green slatted metal. You look down the side of your car, guess what you can see? Water. She hates it. Get on, get on the side of asphalt. Listen, you, you know what it takes to go across a bridge? It takes faith. It does. Oh, man, the engineers, I hope, built this thing, right? Because let's be honest, bridges have fallen in the past. But guess what? It takes faith to cross the bridge of Jesus Christ, but you have to put your faith. Faith is an equalizer, and sin is an equalizer. Let's continue. Verse 29. I'm jumping around a bit, I know. The Bible says in verse 29, Here's the equalization. This is why I'm jumping here. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? 
yes, of the Gentiles also. Doesn't matter who you are, Jew or Gentile. Doesn't matter, Jew or Gentile, you can have Christ. Look at verse 30. Seeing it is one God which shall justify, <laughs> justify the circumcision, how? By faith. And, he says, and uncircumcision through faith. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what you've done. It's by and through faith. No, no deeds of the law, nothing. Nothing you can do. You are wicked, you are vile, at your very best, you're filthy rags in the sight of God. It doesn't make us very proud, but we need to understand that because it is nothing we can do. It is only through Jesus Christ that we can have eternal life. The righteousness of God is now revealed to be through faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We cannot attain it any other way. It is only through the shed blood of Jesus Christ God's righteousness was given to us. We'll get to this next week, but look at verse 24. Being justified, what's the next word? Freely. <laughs> no charge. It's free. So it's, it was given to us. It's a free gift, but thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. Not, by, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's the gift of God. Wow. It was placed on us because we have trusted Jesus Christ as the way, the truth, and the life. There is no, other, no way to get to the Father but by me. And let's be honest. Outside of Jesus Christ, we're nothing. We are nothing. We are altogether become unprofitable. We are just wicked, vile sinners in need of a Savior. We cannot work our way to heaven. We fall short every time. We can only receive His righteousness by faith. And faith is an equalizer. This morning, or this evening, this passage makes me appreciate God so much more. I was reminiscing this week with someone about how the Lord has placed certain people in my life and how I was able to come to the saving knowledge of Christ. My parents, my grandparents were in church. We all went to, the, my uncles and aunts were all in the same church. I said, that's a blessing. But it was, that's not why I got saved. That's not how I got saved. My family could not lead me to Christ. My family could not give me Christ. I had to believe. I had to believe. I appreciate God so much more. By the way, it, it helps me appreciate faith so much more. When the chasm is at its widest, when you realize the wonderful righteousness of God and the deplorality of man, you realize how truly wide the chasm is. You truly realize how far away you are, how short you do fall. And you're fit, you have that much greater appreciation of faith. This thought increases my faith so much more in the power and righteousness and true holiness of God. 
I want to try to bring this to some sort of application. As we look at this, and we realize faith, and we realize what Jesus Christ has done, I believe it ought to increase our faith. Faith is like a muscle, right? When you, when you exercise it, it grows. If we can trust the Lord for this big of a miracle, to move us from works to an amazing free gift of salvation and allow every single one to have it, as deplorable as we are, and no comparisons, can we not look at what's going on in the world today and just say, God's got this. There's nothing my God cannot do. It, it makes me realize that God's got it. God can change the sin of an entire world. He's got this. So I don't know, health problem, financial problem, I don't know what it is. Listen, you can rest in Jesus Christ because of what He's already done for you. You don't have to do more. You can rest in who you are. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for all you do for us. Father, I'm so grateful tonight. I in no way deserve this. I in no way earned anything but the lake of fire. Father, I'm so grateful for the love wherewith you loved me. Sent your son to be a propitiation for my sins. Help me to live in light of this every single day. Thank you that I don't have to work my way to heaven. Thank you that I don't have to pay a lot of money to get to heaven. Thank you that the penalty's already been paid. Thank you that I can have a relationship with you as well. Father, I'm so grateful tonight. Father, I pray that this would change our lives, that we would see you in a different light tonight. Father, we're so grateful for all you do. Help us to go from this place being different than when we came in because of your word. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name.